Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. Trigger warning for brief discussions of CSAM, sexual abuse and assault, and trauma of indigenous folks. Oh, baby, that's what I like. <laughs> Big bopper. He's so silly. Oh, baby, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, what? I mean, he's a really good actor in the song. More songs with acting, please. Now I feel like as soon as the episode comes out, somebody's going to message us saying what terrible thing he's done. And he's I probably, didn't, yeah. I'm sorry if he has. I really don't know. I should have looked into it. I don't know. Musicians are like, especially musicians in the bygone era. I mean, just don't even Wikipedia them no. because it's a lot of I mean, half, half of the songs are about being psychologically obsessed with a 13-year-old oh, yeah. who doesn't know them. Who doesn't know them. And James Brown, I think he would like beat up his bandmates. Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. <laughs> He's a great musician, though. Yeah, it's hard. We can't go back and change things, but we can understand how we can move forward and acknowledge that it existed and mm-hmm. go, okay, we can't erase everything, but now we will move forward and make better choices. I say erase it all. Burn it all down, Natalie. Burn everything down and start anew. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, let's do it. Let's start <laughs> over. Like that uh, Harold and the Purple Crayon. Remember that that kid's book, Harold and the Big Purple Crayon? No, I never read a lot of kid's books. I think my parents, um, what's that word? Abandoned? Kind of. <laughs> I don't think they really parented me. Of all of my childhood memories, I'm like away from everyone, like in the woods, like by myself. Yeah. Picking blackberries, poking at squirrels. And like my parents are nowhere around. Some of our nation's finest authors started out like that. You should be a a, a profound writer. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Well, in Harold and Big Purple Crayon, I think that's the name. I might be fucking that up. It's a little kid who draws. He's like alone in this white, place and he draws a whole city and out of with a crayon and it's it, it would terrify me as a kid because there's this weird existential fear of you're you're a child and you're already contemplating like what is reality what do you mean he doesn't live anywhere he's just in the 
What's but the city he draws? Is there anybody in it? Is it just an empty city? If because so, it's very scary. That's a scary story. Because what if people live in that city and they're like, "Help us get out of the city. We're on a cartoon. We hate it." Yeah, and like, what? Who? What are those things that live in the city that he just drew? Do you think maybe we are drawings from some uh, god drawing us with a crayon? Oh God, is it Harold? Is Harold God? It's not. What if that'd be just a big purple crayon came out of the ceiling right now? Oh, my God. I mean, what if God is like some benevolent child? So before we get into the rest of the episode, a little existential dread for your day. Um, We are going to restart uh, the uh, recap at Josh Duggar. But I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple other things first. One being... um, I wanted to bring up a woman we mentioned last week whose name is Sequoia Cooper. We had just run across her information right before we were about to record last week. So I didn't get to go into a deep dive about her. And I wanted to say, oh, this woman's also missing. And in that, I had unintentionally dead named her. And if you're not sure what a dead name is, it is the name that a person is born with before they had come out as being trans. And they are using their trans name now. The dead name is the name that they no longer use. So Sequoia is a 33-year-old trans woman from the Columbus area. And I came across her when I was researching updates on the 23 pipeline, which is why we mentioned her because she is missing from a similar area as these other women. Mm. Not a sex worker, though. Uh, She lives uh, with her longtime partner, who is 52-year-old Richard Harris in the North Linden neighborhood, which is like northern Columbus. Um, She disappeared around 11.30 p.m. on August 31st, and she was in a 2009 Black Ford Fusion, which has uh, also not been found. Oh, so so at the time, sorry, at the time of this report was not found. So somebody took the car. Well, they have since found it. Okay. uh, Very recently. So she's black. She's five foot five, about 145 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. Her hair is set in lemonade braids or was at the time that she went missing, which uh, lemonade braids are essentially um, they're like very long cornrows that are swept up in a usually in a dramatic side part. And they're named after Beyonce's hair in the lemonade album era. Isn't that crazy? Because I feel like that album came out yesterday. When did it come out? Five years ago? Twenty, I guess 2016 fucking love that album. Oh my God, five, six years ago. That's time, Natalie. It moves so wild. It came out yesterday, Natalie. I feel like I'm like five seconds away from people like putting me in a straitjacket and it's like, (laughs) I don't understand. Lemonade was five days ago, not five years ago. And it's being carted away. I wish Lemonade was five days ago because I love the album and I... I'm, I've listened to it so many times. You know how when you've listened to something for so many times and you've, you're have you almost sick of it and you're just like, I wish I could go back to the time when it was the first or second time I heard this so I could just be like, what? Oh, yeah. I listen to music till I'm like sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I posted some photos on our Insta of her and her hair, and I'll probably post a couple more this week. Um, so her partner, Richard, said she left quote, she left here to go get some bottled water at a convenience store, I believe, and she never showed up. And from what I've read, they've questioned the people at the store where she said she was heading and maybe reviewed security cameras and that there was no sign that she ever made it there. So she didn't even go get the water. They were like, we didn't see her. No security footage. Whoa. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, I know she had a text message right before she left and that's all I know. And she left and never came back. This is something that she never does. This is unreal. 
her cell phone now seems to be turned off or have have died. Mm. As far as I can tell from what I've researched, Richard is not considered a suspect and he appears pretty distraught. Um, he, he's also at the front, forefront of the searches. Um, both he and Sequoia are managers at fast food restaurants, Sequoia managing a Popeye's near her home. Unfortunately, Sequoia wasn't added to the National Missing Person database until September 22nd. So that's over three weeks for her to be scattered into the wind, which as we have talked about a lot. Time is like, it, it matters, especially it the first does. 48 hours after you go missing. Yeah. Um, so three weeks is basically an eternity in a missing person's yeah. case. Uh, detectives are on her case. And so far they've said they have detected no foul play. But if that means she left on her own free will, we're not sure. Does it mean that they simply haven't found the evidence yet or... Doesn't mean that they are disinterested in helping her. Mm. Um, you know, every detective and every de detective department is different. And I don't want to go right off the bat accusing them of negligence simply because it's common in lower income and trans women cases. I'll have to look deeper into the story and Sequoia's life to provide more context. But, you know, often, of course, the case is very unfortunately and not it's terrible trans women, especially black trans women's cases are not taken seriously. There's also just the general stigma of that where they are dismissing these women all the time of just, oh, well, they're just crazy and they do drugs and they're out on the street. She wasn't a sex worker. And even if you are a sex worker and you go missing, it's still valid to look for you. For sure. But they will assess your life as a high risk life, regardless of whether or not it is. So you know, that could be going on. But again, I, I don't have enough of a deep understanding of this story to say that that's for certain what's happening. Her partner, Richard, also said, you can't do nothing but hope. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give up hope. She's a loving person. I love her. I want her home. No matter whatever she's going through, we can work through it. Sounds like there's a lot of people looking for her that really care about her. Well, she definitely has a family who loves her and a partner who loves her. That statement he just said is interesting, though. If you if what he said at the end, though, no matter whatever she's going through, we can work through it. Did he mean she was having some sort of struggle and he thinks she ran away? Um, or was this just a distraught loved one, not overthinking their words, just sort of saying words at, as the reporter was, you know, shoving a camera in their face? I'd be nervous. If you went missing, Natalie, I would not be composed. Wait, I got to go get, I go get him and I fuck, fuck it up. You know, I, he sounds really composed. <laughs> yeah, I love that you'd turn into a... a I don't know, a hill person? A mad woman? With a pitchfork? Thank you. <laughs> so I don't really know uh, if that was an indication of something. Regardless, her brother, whose name is James Carswell, doesn't believe it's a runaway situation. He lives in Georgia, but has been making frequent trips to Ohio to search for her. And as a result, has a very modest GoFundMe, which I will send a link to. This also is going towards her rent and utilities and feeding her two dogs. Which again, like L, people tend to be very connected to their animals. Um, you know, that's not 100% of the time. But if you're an animal lover, like I am, the thought of leaving your animal alone to suffer is almost unthinkable. Yeah, Wendy um, wouldn't last five seconds without you. Oh my you. God, if it you makes me want to cry house, just to think about her not being able to like, find me. Earth, Earth, where's my mom? Oh God, oh, no. stop it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, so... 
This leads into the non-runaway scenario, uh, though we know that people who may be in a certain level of mental distress aren't thinking clearly. It, it you know, it, it seems like her animals were loved and cared for. So unless she was in like a state, a few state or something or some kind of mania or, you know, who knows? Um, it doesn't really add to the runaway theory because she left her animals. Yeah. So as of October 26, her brother had announced that they have located her car, but had no further details. So he doesn't mention that there were any signs of struggle inside the car. But the thing is, is he's saying that the detectives are keeping things from the family. Um, they won't give the family very much information, which must be very frustrating. Um, Why won't the detectives give information? Is it like a private, I can't tell you secret? I God, God knows, Amber. I, there's so much... I think that there are times whenever people expect to have all information on a case and there actually is reasons why detectives can't. And sometimes I think people have God complexes and just don't want people to know the information. Right. I don't really know which one this is. So he he feels pretty frustrated, um, but they have found her car and that's that's it for now. But this is still ongoing, clearly. Like this was just a week or so ago. Yeah. So. Anyone with information about Sequoia's whereabouts can contact her family at 614-797-3388 or 419-276-3445. Or you can call the Columbus Police Missing Persons Unit at 614-645-2358. Some people feel uncomfortable talking to the police, which is why the family gave out their personal numbers. I know that's a a really risky thing to do, but people in her area might not really want to talk to the police. That's true. So that's for Sequoia. We'll keep we'll keep tabs and see what's going on with that. And then the other piece of info that I didn't realize. So, okay, so this is crazy. You remember how we discussed how El Cho's boyfriend isn't the one who shows up when you Google Cody Orell? Yes, because you Google it and it shows like a black man with one arm. Yeah, and we had speculated that oh, this must just be another Cody Orell who's showing up, which sucks for this guy. Yeah, Well, and he's just getting crank calls right. left and right. Firstly, thank you to everyone who sent messages and comments alerting us to who is actually in this picture. Um, It's doubly frustrating because though his picture appears uh, at that Google search, it's not done clearly because he's actually a missing person. And it seems like they begun lumping POC's missing cases into one article and also making the articles about Gabby. Oh, because they're like, we got to stop talking about Gabby, but you're still talking about her. Right. So it's not really helping anything. Um, I would suggest to anyone making searchable news stories out there to have individual reporting on the cases. Otherwise, it's probably only kind of doing some lip service, you know, and like maybe a a little bit dehumanizing. Um, I know that it's not intentional, but and again, no hate to the Petitos. Please don't send them hate. They did nothing wrong. But making a point by then just like lumping in a bunch of people together, not even really discussing them at all. Yeah, they Um, each deserve their own case. Yeah. So um, that gentleman who appears is sadly another missing person. Oh, my God. He's 24 year old Daniel Robinson. And I don't know why he shows up when you Google Cody Orell. That doesn't make any sense to me. So. They may have put him in altogether in some articles and stories because Daniel also disappeared in a desert, though in Arizona and not in California. So again, this is not super helpful. 
Also not helpful is that when you Google him currently, that all the headlines show up that say stuff like human remains found in search of Daniel Robinson, which is incredibly misleading because it's clickbaity. But what it does instead is make people go, oh, oh, yes. Oh, that sucks. I guess he's found whatever. Mm." And then they move on. Oh, you mean the Internet uh, lies? Wait, I saw a picture of LeBron James and um, he had like a little tear in his pants and it was thongs. And I was like, there's that real. Oh, I have seen that picture. That's not a real picture. (laughs) Who thinks that's real? I don't know. Somebody does, though. So, yeah, it, it makes it sound as though, oh, the case is concluded, which is bullshit, man. Uh, the article goes on, if you actually read the article, which a few people do, to say that the remains they found were most likely not him, but mm. they're still waiting on DNA results, but they don't believe it's him. It might have even con- been confirmed before uh, as of re- this recording. Um, so... After the little blurb on our L episode, so whenever, you know, you go up to search for a podcast to listen to and there's a little like um, synopsis of the episode, it was not expressly clear that at the time she was still missing a missing person and a couple people got confused by it. And I will personally make sure that the playlist description is not vague in those circumstances moving forward because I get I get it. I get why that would be upsetting um, to make it not clear that this person is still an active missing person instead of trying to put a button on it or whatever or use clickbait. So the fact that they have that up uh, about Daniel Robinson, I think is bullshit. But this is a really mysterious incident um, that will also I, I will need to do more research into. Daniel is a geologist who works for Matrix New World Engineering, and he was last seen by a co-worker leaving a well site behind the wheel of his 2017 Jeep Renegade. So when he was leaving, it appeared he was heading home, but instead it seems as though he had instead headed further into the wilderness. Hmm. So his well site, which is like a thing geologists do, uh, I don't know, they go like ding, ding. They just like get the samples, get the samples and run it through the lab. Yeah, they they definitely run something through some lab. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was, you know, in, in maybe at the edge of this desert. And so as he was leaving, his co-workers just assumed he was going home for the day. But instead, he turned into the desert. Oh, maybe he like found a tip and he's like, I want to go further out and like get this side thing. There's there's some speculation about some drama stuff that was going on in his life at the time. But he's not known to his family to go missing or even to not return phone calls promptly. I mean, geologists are pretty practical people. They're literally earthy people. Yeah, he was he was somebody who didn't just like disappear for days at a time. So his dad reported him missing pretty much immediately after he disappeared because it was unlike him to not be returning stuff, like recalls and things. And as it stands, he's currently considered a missing person. There's a bunch of perplexing details of this case, but we'll go into that later at another at a later date. Um he is a 5'8", lightish-skinned black man, uh, weighing 165 pounds with black hair, brown eyes, and is missing part of his right forearm, including his hand. There is no info about what he was wearing because the clothes he had on, as well as his wallet and cell phone, were found in his car, which was not located for a month. It was also crashed when it was located about two miles from where he was working at the aforementioned well site. So, I mean, maybe he crashed the car and it was like, I feel like getting naked. It is 
really weird. Um, all of the details of the story don't really make a ton of sense, um, but he wasn't robbed. His wallet was sitting in the car and why his car wasn't found for a month is also confusing. And it was found by a rancher. It wasn't even found by police. And yeah, so there's a lot of questions that haven't been answered about this. His dad is out there every day. It's really sad. Um, his dad has managed to find a pretty um, dedicated like search team, but you know, time's marching on and he, his dad's basically like, I'm not going to stop until I find him. Um, there's just wild stuff that goes on in the desert. It's almost worse than the ocean because I mean, the ocean, yeah. you got that maritime law. So we all know you can go kill somebody out in the water and get away with it. Right. But the desert is just like people go missing. Yeah, it's I've, I love the desert. I really, really think it's, it's fascinating and haunted. mysterious. But yeah, it's it is a like human beings aren't meant to be there long term. And so it does weird things to us. Yeah, I think. I think it does stuff to your brain. But I do love it out there. But yeah, so this is another person who had gotten lost maybe in the desert. We're not sure. So if you think you may have seen Daniel or have any information, please contact contact us at helpfinddaniel.com or you can call 803-200-7994. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Josh Duggar. Oh, good old Josh Duggar. Ooh, I'm flicking the bean to Josh Duggar. No! Mm, mm, he's a sexy man. I'll flick that bean. Oh. I want his weenie in me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do I'm... you think that there is a single person who sexually fantasizes about Josh Duggar? Not even his wife. There's no way. Every time someone masturbates to Josh Duggar, an angel gets their wings. Oh, I thought you were saying angel dies and never. <laughs> an angel melts into the ground. Yeah. Um, he is um, um, uh, a man with the face of a little boy. And he just keeps getting away with stuff. Except like, his eyes are completely dead. They are dead. And, uh, you know, we talked about him. His sad life he went through. But at a certain point, you got to man up to your own responsibilities, Bo. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, he's he's probably never going to do that. Um, I really don't want to dwell on Homeboy for too long. But I do want to update on some of the this circus that is occurring currently. And not the fun Britney Spears kind. No. Britney will <laughs> never be near him. So if you'll recall, well, we ended last week on Bill Gothard in the IBLP, which is 
frustratingly but unsurprisingly at a standstill after Bill's victims dropped their lawsuit in 2018. Not because the accusations weren't true, but because they would have had been locked in a losing battle due to statute of limitations on sex crimes and the, the fact that the church has a bunch of money and it's a church and like religious exemptions and stuff. So I believe, however that the IBLP is hemorrhaging money. And for that, we can say, huzzah! Hit him where it hurts, money where it hurts. Yeah, so at least they're like losing a bunch of money. Yeah. But, you know, Gothard is just slowly rotting away in a little room somewhere being tended to, which sucks. I know, and I hate prisons. I don't like it, but some people, he just has to go away. But that is the people, th- those are the people who should actually be in prison, He's not endangering the people who children. are in prison. Yes, yeah, drug charges, get them out of there. But if you like endanger the lives of a child, get them away from society. Get them out of here. But for Josh, child of Jim Bob, both of whom are spiritual children of Bill Gothard, he is up to his nips in trouble. Ooh, are, are his nipples pierced? Oh, oh, I actually don't think so. I think he's the most milk toast, boring sex offender that's ever existed. Um, he has his trial date for downloading and possessing some of the absolute worst CSAM that's ever been created. So much that the lead detective on this case said it was in the top five worst things he'd ever had to look at. Didn't Thailand, um, they they said no to the death penalty, but then the guy that was creating this, they were like, maybe we should kill this guy. They almost reinstated the death penalty um, for him. That's they how bad it is, this stuff. I'm glad that he's not, actually. I want him to just stare at a wall for another 30 years. Um, so without going back into too many details, um, feel free to go back to parts five and six of our IBLP series. Josh's business was raided by feds in November of 2019, though we didn't know why as spectators at the time. A lot of us who are looky-loos on the Duggars speculated it was tax fraud related since the Duggars move a lot of properties and they're only sort of, they only sort of believe in laws and they Mm. they kind of have a a reputation for like evading taxes and shit like that. And they're also sort of in the pockets of politicians. Yeah. So a lot of us were, were thinking that, we're kind of hoping that, But there was already this underlying fear that it was something worse since he had already accrued a history of sexual abuse and adultery. Well, we found out in April of 2021, the case was likely delayed due to COVID. Yeah, this is not a Zoom trial. This is like an in-person trial. You can't just like get on a a computer for this and like open up Zoom. They did have to do Zoom for part of it, but I think because they were investigating this in the actual like opening, oh my God, we don't know how bad this is. We might all be dying. You know, it was that crisis time whenever they were reporting this. So I think it was probably why it was delayed. We found out in April of 2021 that it was close to pretty much the absolute worst possible outcome. And before we knew it, he was released on bail Mm. to house arrest in May 2021 by a judge who was on their first ever trial. Why is a judge doing this first time? I guess somebody you got to do something first, but I feel like this is like a, a you should be like a grizzled judge at the end of your career that's seen it all because this is like. A lot. <laughs> it's 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 um it's what, do you, what what's the word um traumatizing. <laughs> well, well, I mean, a lot of us on the outside like are kind of we're kind of mad about this because apparently she didn't really have a lot of back history on him, and he was allowed to continue to have access to his children uh, privately. 
as long as his subservient wife was present, who, by the way, has stood by his side even after all of the details of the crimes came out. Do you think that they were like, oh, we want to have this judge because it's her first? Like somebody appointed her there? I think it was too early on. I don't think that they had a plan out yet or anything. But the reason I'm saying that she didn't look into his past because he has a history of child sexual abuse um, and a bunch of other things. He has accusations of violence against him from women he paid for sex. Just a bad dude all around. And so people were pretty upset that he was given bail to be on house arrest this whole time. And he was managed to delay his trial for three months. It was supposed to be over the summer. Uh, But then he tried to delay it again and they finally just shut him down. And they're like, absolutely not. So the feds have a really strong case against him. There is really no way it wasn't him based on the evidence we have so far, even though he has tried every snake-like form of slithering out of going to jail. He got to push the, back the trial by over three months. He said there was a technical flaw in some form of the procedure that made it illegal to charge him and involved uh, blaming Trump for appointing somebody and like trying to find loopholes and laws. And that stuff. means he knows he's guilty. Oh, yeah. yeah. He knows he's guilty. Yeah. Also blaming literally anyone else, throwing his family, his friends, his family, friends and potentially uh like even his brothers under the bus. Didn't you say there was somebody working at their car dealership and they were like, hey, just take the fall. Well, essentially what he did was he listed a a series of names and they were people that had worked at the car lot over time. They weren't, the names themselves weren't released to the public, but either they became released or we deduced it over um, process of elimination and it, some were family members and some were people who were like from their church and stuff and he put their names in there he was willing to if it could be a thing where he could blame somebody else for this crime and put them in jail instead he was willing to do that because that's what he is how christian and godlike of him yeah and so some of the people who he named like all of them have ironclad alibis to begin with one of whom was actively in jail at the time the crime was committed but he still tried to blame him i would hate him so much if he tried to blame me yeah i mean these you are, are not coming to the cookout sir i know like these are people that he still interacts with regularly Mm-mm. he was just like well maybe it was him i don't know uh so There's just next to no way he will be able to escape this, which is very good news. And since he turned down the plea deal, which was for 10 years, y'all, that was the plea deal. He could be facing up to 40 years in prison. I mean, 10 years is like peanuts for what he did. Yeah. And again, I don't like the prison system. I don't do be like, you have to have this amount of time for this kind of thing you did. But it's just like, to me, it's just like, get him away from the human population for 10 years. Yeah. Well, for sure. And the fact that the plea deal was a decade, it's not looking good for him. Um, I hope he does get off the streets. He's proven himself to be a dangerous man. He's capable of violence and repeatedly lying like whole with your whole body and spirit lying in ways that put other people in danger with zero regards for them. So Jim Bob has continued his support of Josh, including funding his legal team, even though Jim Bob was present in the court at the time Josh's charges were read off, which are unspeakable. Anna, his poor, broken wife. I go really back and forth between 
not feeling sorry for her and feeling sorry for her. Because she's raised in this her whole life. Like, you know, you're not taught anything else. But after a while, again, you got to man up. Right. And especially because she continued to have children with him. I start to lose a lot of sympathy for her. Um, I could have almost had kids with so many pieces of shit. And I'm so happy I didn't. Thank you, Jesus. Good Lord. Oh, man. Would have been so bad. Oh, my God. I mean, have kids. You know, life is a treasure. They are wonderful. But just if he punches drywall, I'm not having the baby with him. Yeah, maybe just maybe don't. Yeah. You know, with somebody who's punching. So, so Anna was also there at the time his charges were read off. And she has remained by his side through all of it. Um, The fact that they have these family values that they always espouse and talk about and spout off and act like they are these like wholesome people and that the the family has not even acknowledged the children that suffered through this. Like it hasn't crossed their mind except for a couple of the sisters of Josh to say like we feel such deep sorrow that any child would ever be in danger like this. No acknowledgement. Even if they thought Josh was innocent, no no acknowledgement of the horrible crimes that they witnessed, just completely ignored it. So the last time Anna and Josh were seen publicly, which was at the end of September for a court appearance, they both exited the building smirking and holding hands Mm. with Anna about to burst with child. Because yes, that's right. Anna's been pregnant with their seventh child all year. And there's speculation that she's already given birth. And if she hasn't, she's about to. Oh my God. It's just so sad. Why bring it into the world? I mean, have seven kids, well, have she, a big family, but she, you know, she was she was in a cult that told her that was what she, her job was on Earth. Big families are great, but if your husband's a monster, I mean, really take a step back. Don't do this to them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk about big families because uh, people might get mad at me, so I'm not going to say anything. So, um, There's a likelihood that Anna knew shit was about to hit the fan after the 2019 raid. So she had to make sure she squeezed one more out of the grossest sperm on the continent of North America. Oh, my God. Sperm are just like, I'm ready to find the egg. (laughs) Make that noise. Yeah. So she most likely has a brand new baby or is about to have one with him. And get this shit. Jim Bob Duggar, Josh's papa, has uh, amidst his son facing 40 years of prison for CSM, has put his hat in the ring to run for Arkansas Senate. Oh, wow. And I'm sure people will vote because they don't care. Running on a platform of family values. Fuck you. I personally don't think that a person should be condemned simply for the actions of someone in their family, even if it's their child in certain circumstances, right? But Jim Bob has actively been supporting his son despite all the evidence against him and funding his defense, who his defense is using some of the most vile and insane tactics to get Josh from facing justice. And that will absolutely not work. The delusion of this man is just off the charts. He lives in a different planet on a different planet than everyone else. I wish I'm always just like second guessing myself and just like, Amber, you can't be so loud. Oh, no. Apologize. Make sure you say you're sorry. And then there's people running around the world like this that just like, I'm the best. I'm the big man. Yeah, I'm I sh- right. I'm right. I My son is important. Yeah. Um, Man, it is. <sighs> Oh, oh, uh, yeah. 
and he's currently running for Senate. And he just most likely thinks God told him to. There's a lot of speculation that this is his last ditch effort to save his son from, I don't know, being held accountable for a single thing in his life. Oh, yeah, because if he gets it, then he can be like, okay, you're exonerated. I think this is his idea. I don't know if that's even a possibility from a Senate member, but like, why would you do this while your son publicly is being held on trial for something this vile? I I don't understand. It's truly boggling to the mind how much he's willing to throw away for this one of his 19 children. Maybe it's because he feels like it's the only child who he really knew at all because there are so many children and he was the first. He probably barely knows the younger ones, Jim Bob. He just mixes them up. (laughs) I I imagine like because, you know, they had kids for 20 plus years by the end ones. I mean, he's not he's not fucking hanging out with those little kids. No. Also, because, you know, Josh has a dick. So that's very important. And that's society. Uh, Maybe it would mean coming to grips with so much in his life that he must cling to the hope that if he gets the charges removed from his son, that everything he's done is righteous and and God's challenging him because he's so special. Like, I, I can't imagine a scenario where Jim Bob envisions him and Josh in this biblical story that people will talk about in the, you know, the next century about this poor boy who was persecuted, but it was only because he was so special. God, there are a lot of narcissists in the church. And like, I consider myself a Christian, um, but growing up, there's just, it's just rampant with narcissism. Yeah. And like, I'm God's appointed one. Right. No, you're not. Yeah. You're Jim. Yeah. You're Steve. Yeah. And you grew up with a lisp and you can't dance. Yeah. It's okay to be Steve, you know, sure. but don't walk around with your cock held up high being like, I'm God's appointed. No, you're not. You're fine. You're just a dude. It's cool. You can just be a guy. It's fine. Yeah. Also, if you guys, if you guys, anyone out there watched Midnight Mass yet, I am not spoiling anything, but there are a lot of things in that series that kind of ring true to this story. Um, you should totally watch it. It's great. So I just hope that some of the adult Duggar daughters who still live in the area have enough sense to keep the children protected in these days leading up to the trial. I hate even fucking, I hate putting this in the air, but I had mentioned this already. I I just imagine when the walls are finally closing in on Josh that he's going to become kind of erratic. Oh, it's like a dying fish. They flop the most when they're like running out of the the, yeah. the water. Yeah. And he's permitted to have access to his children, like I said, in front of Anna, but he they can't stay the night. And there have been some pretty compelling reports that Anna's been staying with Josh overnight. So the family members are watching the kids while that happens, which is, in my opinion, a very good thing. Yeah. I don't think he should be around them too much privately in, until this trial, like, maybe ever again no um because you don't know what he's gonna do so we're uh we're gonna do a twitch with our lawyer friend by the way once this trial gets underway to talk about the legal aspects of all of that because we don't know anything no i don't know i'm a big old like court of law important do i know the specifics nah Mm-mm. i don't know my rights i don't know your rights yeah um so yeah angela green 
If you recall, this is a perplexing and frustrating case of a daughter desperately seeking out information on the whereabouts of her mother. Who d- oh, yes. Yeah. So this is the one that the mother was. She was an immigrant. Mm-hmm. She um, would every Fourth of July, she'd put like American flag up like in the cul-de-sac mm-hmm. of their little town and put American flag like America, America. And then one day it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, why isn't it there? And then come to find out she was missing. Yes, Absolutely. That's exactly it. Um, So she disappeared in 2019 and it was amidst a rash of contradicting information given to her her daughter by the daughter's father. So Angela Green's husband. Yes. And he's just straight up gaslighting the daughter and all these phone calls. Like, why are you asking me these questions? Yes. It's like, where's mom? I don't know. Why are you asking me? Yeah. Yep. And so the daughter, whose name is Ellie, has continued to take to social media asking for help. She basically, she's an only child. So, and they were a very closed off kind of family. Um, Her father, whose name is Jeff Green, refuses to speak to anyone, including Ellie. And as a result, has alienated himself from his daughter and most people. That's sad. So the daughter's lost two parents, really. She's oh, lost her mom 100%. and she's lost her dad because he's not talking to her. He's shutting himself off. He's gaslighting her when they do talk. That is so sad. And they don't talk at all anymore. Yeah. Um, he also is withholding like family heirlooms and stuff from her and photos of her mother. It's really awful. So uh, just a quick recap or refresher. Angela is a Chinese American who, according to her daughter, had essentially become a shut in at her home. When Ellie went off to college, she said her mom was having a hard time coping with it, as Ellie was her entire focus for 18 years. Um, She was such a doting mom, but she was also kind of isolated in this little town in Kansas where they grew where, where Ellie grew up. So Angela kind of just put all of her energy into being this like super mom for Ellie. She would like pack her daughter lunch and then like write little notes that are like, you are loved, you're special. Yeah. And she would make her little presents all the time. She would like hand sew beads onto dresses for her proms and stuff like that. Stay up all night, hand sewing, that kind of thing. Um, When she disappeared, Ellie didn't know immediately because she had gone away to college and her father acted like nothing was wrong. And Ellie's mom had been angry with Ellie because her mom was having a hard time separating from her daughter. And when her, her daughter's a teenager. Right. Going off to college, wants to have some freedom. And her mom was kind of struggling with that. So she, Ellie didn't realize something was wrong. She thought she was maybe getting the silent treatment from her mom or something. When she realized something was wrong and that her father wasn't telling her something, she turned to her mother's sister. So... Ellie's aunt and her cousins from that part of the family. They had also lost contact with Angela because they had lived far apart from each other. Angela in Prairie Village, Kansas, and her sister was living in New York. Now, however, Ellie and her cousin Michelle have taken to TikTok to keep Angela's name in circulation and look for options of what to do because as it stands currently, her father is not has not faced any charges. Um, he continues to live his life. Uh, Ellie is, I believe, still trying to finish school and they are literally dependent on the kindness of strangers currently. Wow. I mean, college is stressful enough. I can't imagine like taking calculus and trying to find my mom. Yeah. And that's why Sarah Turney from Voices for Justice, which is a great show I recommend, had started a GoFundMe for her. You guys 
contributed enough to put her over the goal, which was awesome because it was just Ellie. It was just money to help Ellie get through school because both of her parents were gone. So as of fall this year, 2021, the police are telling Ellie and Michelle they have no leads and are considering it a cold case. Well, no one has been charged. It's very likely that Ellie's father did something to Ellie's mom. I mean, his phone conversations are just so cryptic and cold. And if you really didn't do anything, wouldn't you want to go find her, talk to your daughter? Mm -hmm. But he's just he's just like, I don't know. Why would you call me? Why would you say that? Yeah. It seems like you're acting very emotional right now. Right. And those phone calls that you're talking about were recorded on Ellie. So she wanted proof that something like, you know, she's being gaslit. She felt like she was going insane. Yeah. She recorded these conversations because she didn't understand what's happening. So we hear these conversations between her and her dad. And at the very least, we know he was proven on these calls to be lying because he kept making these stories up about what happened to her mom. Oh, he said that she went a- ran away. And then, then she like- went to a hospital. Then she died. And then, you know, Ellie, like, looked up the death certificate. Didn't exist. Like that said she got kidnapped by an unmarked van or yeah. something. Yeah, taken away in a van to a mental institution which is not something that happens. You don't take somebody away in a grocery store parking lot. Yeah, this Um, isn't 1942. You can't just give us lobotomies anymore. Oh, but they wish that they could, couldn't they? (laughs) Um, It's maddening. It's very frustrating. The cops are basically like, we're at a dead end. We don't know what to do. So Jeff Green just gets to go along about his day. So while that's happening, Ellie and Michelle have spoken to legal counsel and taken suggestions and are starting a second GoFundMe. The first one, like I said, was for Ellie to finish college or to get through college. It was it was not a lot of money they asked for um, since she lost both of her parents in one year. And this new one is for the family to hire a private investigator and pay for these things that this attorney has suggested, which I think is a really good idea. I'll link the GoFundMe. Um, just this November... Ellie and her mom's family have been weighing going to court to sue her father. This may at first sound like, wait, they didn't think of suing him before. But what they're doing is being kind of sneaky. They can't get him in a criminal case at this time because there's no charges against him. So their attorney wants to file a wrongful death civil lawsuit against her father. This may seem like nothing. But the real reason would be because in that setting, they may be able to get important information from the trial that can help them build a criminal case against Jeff Green. This isn't a criminal suit. It's a civil suit. But because if they brought these charges up, there would be evidence that would be requested in court, which he couldn't avoid because he currently refuses to give out any information about anything, which is so crazy to me, like that he he. There's nothing that because she's an adult woman, they're like, she just left. We can't prove that he did anything to her. Which and is there's nuts. no body. So if I think no if there's body, no yeah. body, there's no case. It's very, very difficult. So you could just put a human being through a wood chipper and then go about your day. No, no, you can't. Please don't do that out there. You cannot. You will get caught. Yeah. So, yeah, it's bullshit. Um, but I think that that's a really smart way and cl- like a clever thing to do to try to force information out of somebody who is just denying the family any peace. So I will link that GoFundMe. And by the way, just to, you know, put a blanket statement about this. I never want you guys out there to feel like you must give money. I never want you to feel like you you definitely don't have to. And that's cool. Just hearing these stories and talking about them to your friends or like searching them and looking up helps keep that 
alive. But I, I bring these links in just in case one of these stories specifically resonates with you and you go, oh my God, like uh, me and my cousin went through so much and I, I feel for these two and I, you know, yeah, I want to give them five bucks. Yeah. And it's also like a call to action, I guess, because sometimes I'll just watch such a depressing story and then it ends and I'm like, but I don't, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. No. But it's also like, yeah, just listening to the show, you, you're doing something about it. Yeah. You're raising the numbers. Yeah. So please don't ever feel guilty or like you're being um, demanded to give money or anything like that. It's really only just so in case you want to. Yeah, take care of yourself and your finances first. And mm -hmm. if you have five bucks, pitch it to something if you feel. Yeah. So Galena. Galen maxi pad. Oh, that that haircut, that '90s haircut with the short hair. I would look so bad with her haircut. I just don't, I don't have the bone structure. Good with her, to no. be petty. Well, she's skinny, so that haircut's for like skinny women. Not anymore. Not since prison. Oh, she's gained weight. Um, she just looks. I'm I'm being petty, but it's only because I know she cares. Her hair's grown out and it's turned gray, Ooh. which is like the worst thing in the world to her, probably. I bet. Well, I mean, I know everybody's born with a different kind of body and there's no one frame, you know, but her father was like super adamant about maintaining thinness. Right. He loved her being thin, thin, thin rail. Like, so she would just snack and nibble all the time. Yeah, that was definitely a thing that she she openly not like she didn't consider herself having an eating disorder, but people in her life observed her basically having a lifelong eating disorder uh that's so sad eat some lasagna you know it's delicious probably why she was such a bitch never <laughs> ate any carbs um so well much like joshy this is good news that mostly she's been rotting in a room since we last talked and much like joshy she's using the deny 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 tactic it's interesting how similar the two are actually when you really look at them this entitlement the megalomania some form of complete denial, sees their victims as barely human. Mm. On Josh's side, it's because they're, you know, the women that he's hurt are worldly, quote unquote, or he did things because of being exposed to those worldly whores. In Ghislaine's circumstance, it's the victims being poor. If, right. If Classism. For sure. If you'll recall, she told her friend, they're nothing, these girls, they're trash. Yeah, I never want to like shame a woman in prison, but you know, you were treating these girls, these poor girls like trash. I think we can shame Glenn Maxwell. Yeah. I think she's pretty much fair game. Mm -hmm. And their trials will start. Josh and Ghislaine's trials start one day apart from each other. Wow. Oh my God, did they just become best friends? Besties, this is like biblical. Is this a biblical thing? <laughs> yeah, this is actually what will be in the Bible. Um, future Bible. L. Ron Hubbard's and L. Ron Hubbard's America. This is a big day for the court system. So, yeah, I think it's because they're in way different states. Actually, I totally watch a Step Brothers esque comedy starring the two of them, where they're forced to like room together and we'd call it cellmates. Oh my God, they would hate each other. But you know what? In the third act, instead of them coming together to solve a problem, we just throw them into a trash compactor. <laughs> And that's the end of the movie. And that's it. Do you think they would have sex if we put them together in a jail cell? I honestly don't think so. Do you think they'd like hate fuck each other? I would be down if Ghislaine would like peg him, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. That would be kind of fun. I personally find it pretty hilarious that she's been awaiting trial in a jail cell as, you know, serving as tribute to Epstein while Josh has just been chilling in a bungalow. Uh, Ghislaine... <laughs> 
getting friend zoned by Jeffrey and then doing time for just an ounce of attention from him is just really oh, just chef's kiss. Yeah, she just wanted a love. She wanted masculine love. Her father denied it. She wanted specifically from Epstein. It's like she could have had some dude if she would just not be a fucking C word, you know, but she instead needed this rich um, powerful man to think highly of her. So she was willing to let, do anything. Yeah. And a lot of that. these like wealthy, wealthy people, they're like, I'm so poor. I only have $5 million. Oh yeah. If you remember from the series we did of her, when she, um, after her father died, she had a friend come to her house or she was going to invite her friend over. And she said, I just want to warn you. It's, it's a meager home. And it was like, you know, a $500,000 apartment in, in Manhattan somewhere. She was only getting a million dollars a year from a trust fund. Oh, no. I know. It's really sad. I wish I want her to like go into my Brooklyn apartment that had black mold <laughs> and like roaches in the walls and like see what she would do. That was still expensive. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't. Well, I, essentially, I think she is living in our old Brooklyn apartments right now. <laughs> I bet she's in hell. Because, yeah, you know, the it. food is bad. She hates it so much. She's been trying anything to get out, which is, you know, just makes my heart warm. Yeah. There's no like designer clothes in jail. No. She, like Josh, has pleaded not guilty and will have to face some of her victims in court. So Ghislaine's defense will include some bangers like maybe they remember it wrong. When the victims come up, that is one of the tactics they're going to use from her attorneys. They're bringing in uh, to stand a memory specialist, which, quote, she will describe scientific research showing that false memories can be described with confidence, detail and emotion, just like true memories. I mean, like false memories is a thing, but it's like, was the perpetrator wearing a red jacket or a blue jacket? Right. It's not like, were you taken to an island and molested? Right. Or it's like the satanic panic where... A single person has isolated a group of people into believing something. People from across the country and the world who did not know each other, all of the same stories, who don't have any similar connections to anyone else. That's not what's happening here. They're all just like, Glane's the victim. Oh, my God. Why are they saying all these mean things about her all the time? Um, so that's ridiculous. Uh, the attorneys are also arguing that there is no consistent definition for the term grooming and therefore no empirical evidence that Miss Maxwell committed grooming by proxy by allegedly arranging sexualized messages for Epstein. I mean, they are reaching for straws I mean, just here. like with Josh. They're just like, I didn't do it. But if I did, it's not really a crime. So there's this loophole. So we, we can't do that. You said that thing over there. So we got to stall. We just got to get out of here. We got to beat it. I'm sorry. It, this is the thing you said. So we're just going to go home. OK, um, that's kind of what they're trying to do currently. That argument also, by the way, there's no mention about the number of women who have claimed she herself assaulted them. Mm. Potentially, maybe that can't even be held as evidence because of the statute of limitation crap again. It is wild that sexuality has a statute of limitations because on usually when they come up is when you realize that bad things happen to you. It's yeah. I mean, when they're over, it's like that's when you are able to like process. It. Yeah, it's almost like it was designed that way. Um, so, yeah, uh, she, there's no way she's getting out of this. Especially because people are so pissed that Epstein died or killed himself or whatever happened. They want blood. They want blood. So she's going to she's going to pay the cost. She got 
you know, the attention she wanted from Jeffrey. Yes. Jeffrey's going, hey, thanks, man. You know, from whatever hellscape he's living bye in. Bye-bye. He could still be alive. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to just, like, sneak out of the jail cell. I think, I think that the most powerful people that he had secrets against would never have allowed that to happen. All right. He yeah. holds a lot of secrets. Because he was, like, hanging out with presidents. Yeah. I mean, politicians on both sides of the aisle, by the way, um, be, you know, Parliament, people from other countries who run the countries. Like he's got secrets on a lot of people. Wow. So they're just like, get him out of here. Yeah. They would, they would put, they would kill him in a second. But they're not killing her. No, we, that's, this is, you parade her out front and go, look, see, we did it, guys. So they're going to put her in jail forever, I oh think. Oh my God. They're, Cause she's going to be used as like a, um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, uh, look at this. What do you call it? Um, and Ashley Judd, by the way. Ashley Judd, the movie. <laughs> She her, killed her husband, quote unquote, and then she couldn't. She went to jail, served the time, and then she went back and she killed him. Well, they're not going to use her as in Ashley Judd because Ashley Judd's lovely and Killian is not. I do like Ashley Judd. Um, are you like using it as an example? That's the word. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie. We're recording this very early in the morning, if you can't tell. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Glean's the victim, she's arguing. She's just this poor, kind, 40-something-year-old girl who was taken advantage of by that mean man. And now all these other mean people are saying mean things about her. Oh, you can't say mean things. No. About the woman that like assaulted people. She's wealthy. How dare you say mean things? Anyway, fuck Elaine into the moon and there's very little likelihood that she'll ever be seeing grass again. So Yay. that's great. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 20 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Highway of Tears. We talked a little bit about this when we revisited residential schools last episode, if you remember. Mm -hmm. The Highway of Tears in Western Canada sees a disproportionate, not that there's an acceptable proportional number, but like, you know, more than other places uh, missing numbers wise. It's a lot. Yeah. The number of indigenous women disappearing on this barren stretch of Highway 16 between the towns of Prince Rupert and Prince George. It's because I think we discussed a lot of people have to get to work. They don't have cars and hitchhiking is kind of normalized. Yes. And there's no bus system. Yes. Uh, it's slowly coming around the bus system, which we'll talk about. But like you said, it's due to the vast wilderness. Um the fact that it's a like way station kind of area where people are passing through all the time, like doing commerce things, driving trucks. And from the lack of public transportation for the people, uh, they're, you know, they're not, they, they aren't taken care of by the government. No. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest it's because it's a largely indigenous poor community. And, you know, maybe if you take care of them, they'll be better. Everything will be better. Yeah. 
that's crazy though you're insane you're insane <laughs> you need to go to a mental institution i'm a big fan of public transit i take the train everywhere and yes do. people are losing their minds especially now in corona time it's just everyone's depressed and like acting out mm-hmm. but i'm big fan big fan of the buses and the trains yeah it's i mean I wish LA's uh, subway system was more developed, but I love that it's there. Oh, yeah. So the fight to gain attention to this crisis uh, rages on. Um, This is an entirely a new um, element, but the Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure in Canada has committed to 10.2 million through 2025 in provincial and federal funding for the Highway 16 five-point action plan. That's great. It is, at least in governmental. Like, I don't know if it's just lip, like if they're actually making, I want to look into it basically deeper to see if they're going like, yeah, here we go, here's the thing, and then they just leave. And they just pocket the money. But I mean, if a disproportionate amount of people are going missing, have a bus. Also, it's to be completely, you know, superficial and cruel, cold about it, it's like, the look of it is not good for the government. So even if they yeah. don't give a fuck, they, it looks bad, guys. Right. They're gonna going to keep getting shit about it. Yeah. Um, so the action plan is improving safe transportation along Highway 16 for First Nations and other people. So these little additions, this is the BC transit expansion, which is very important, I think, to this world. Because as we talked about on this, this series, there's not high paying jobs in this community, in this area. There just isn't jobs that pay enough money to buy a car. Yeah. A lot of people don't even get their licenses. So the province has committed $4.2 million to uh, a cost-shared basis with local communities to expand BC transit services that travel between them, the cities specifically. They also should they should also be inside of the cities. I don't know how good the travel inside the cities are, but yeah, going from town to town on this route is definitely one of the most dangerous parts because hitchhiking is part of the culture because of this. Yeah, I've hitchhiked before. Don't do that. I know I don't. What I say, don't do what I say. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't follow our our lives in any way. It's been a while, right? You're not. No, I'm not like actively hitchhiking now. I'm not like after the recording, be like, all right, I'm going to go home. <laughs> and just then, like, be like, Amber, <laughs> you know, so many people would just drive you, let you know. <laughs> no, the stranger in the car said they're cool. <laughs> this is how I make friends. Um, please don't, please don't hitchhike. So there's a bunch of services that they started this process in 2017. They are still actively going through all of it, trying to um, build this up. I hope that it continues this way and I'm going to keep checking in. Um, in 2020, approximately 1,500 people use these services each month. Hopefully that continues to grow. The Community Transportation Grant Program, which is it's allocated money to 0.6 million to transportation services to assist in purchasing cars and to help people both get a car and help maintain the car for a few years. Oh, that's great. Because um, car maintenance is a whole thing. And that's a yeah. big reason I don't have a car. I got to put gas in it. I just found out you have to register a car. I've never registered a car in my damn life. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. And it's constantly whining at you to take care of it. Ugh. Lights come on. I don't know. Yeah. So they do have a grant program. And I, I also want to know a little bit more about that. But the idea, the concept of it sounds appealing. Um, First Nations driver education. So a driver's education program along 16 has helped uh, so far, 200 Indigenous people obtain their Class 7 
which is like in class five, like their basic driver's license in Canada. It's also helping many to learn to drive commercial vehicles, which is a good job. That's good. Then you can be truck drivers. You can make money. Mm -hmm. You can see the world. Yeah. So the province through the Ministry of Advanced Education and Skills Training and the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction, it's a long name, has partnered with the federal government for additional indigenous drivers education along Highway 16, which again... In theory, sounds good. Yeah. So, Education's always great. And and yeah, obtaining freedom. A, a driver's license gives you a, a, a form of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivia Rodrigo did tell us all. She did. <laughs> Our future president. So uh, then they have webcams that have started popping up along this road, bus shelters and pullouts. So I bet those webcams are checking on some like wild nature shit, like an elk. Yeah. You know? Just the The moose fucking each other. Um, Yeah, I think webcams are great. If you know, on public on public highways, that's I think that's good to have. There's a lot of crime that happens. Um, People get away with it. Bus shelters are really important for um, you know safety purposes against like the elements because some of the missing women who go missing are because they, you know, were trying to like you know say walk into the woods to get out of the snow or something and get turned around. And like, yeah. there's weather elements that also cause problems. That's a lot. I was, uh, I went to the Grand Canyon by myself and everybody was like, don't do it. You're going to go missing. And I was like, whatever dudes. But I thought the Grand Canyon was just like right there. There's the Canyon, but you have to drive through miles of this haunted forest. And I was like, Oh, this is where they go missing <laughs> right here. Ah, the trees. And it's Got scary. It. And I can't imagine what it's like in Canada. I imagine it's nature accelerated it's scary. I think Ember, if you and I drove, I I do want to go along this highway at some point. I want to I want to drive along it, but I feel like you and I would just be like, "How do we survive this?" And we're in a car, like an air conditioned car, and we're just like, "How do we? How are we going to get through the Amber? I don't know if we're going to make it. <laughs> I don't see a Starbucks anywhere. I need my coffee. There's not a bathroom. What? I'm going to die. I'm going to hold on my pee in and die. Um. So yeah, they're working currently on modernizing this area and making it more um, protected. And uh, pullouts, by the way, are whenever, you know, there's like those little sections of the road where you can pull your car over on the highway. Apparently that whole stretch, there wasn't any. What? So that seems crazy. Because people are always like on my ass being like, drive faster, woman. And I, I just go, I pull out. I go to the pullouts. But also like, what if you, something happens, you have to pull your car over. There's nowhere for buses to go. Wow. To stop their bus. No pullouts. Uh, now they're they're building them, apparently. Okay. And then the the last point is collaboration. There are a number of transportation sh- services along Highway 16. Some are private, like taxis and stuff like that. Some are nonprofit, like senior shuttles and stuff like that. And other are public, like a public bus system. That's great. And also more stuff for the seniors. We need to like take care of our elderly. Oh, I yeah. hate that we just shove them in a nursing home and forget about them. Yeah. One of the women who we spoke about who who's never been found was like a senior citizen who was mushroom picking and hitchhiking. She shouldn't be hitchhiking. She was an old woman. Take care of her. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, the, there, there's a collaboration of those groups working together to coordinate and link schedules and to help people get access to these things. So, again, I would be curious about any oversight on these projects and if there are actual strides being made. And also the other thing is this five point plan doesn't touch on the police abuse or police apathy that happens out there or helping to find those currently missing. 
in bringing people to justice who have hurt them. So that is five point plan. Sounds great. I hope that it's really actually going on and moving forward, but it doesn't address these other issues that are also a big problem. So um, another thing that highwayoftears.org has done is they developed a community safety toolkit, which includes 14 resources to educate Aboriginal community members and service providers about the potential dangers along the Highway of Tears corridor. So it's basically like um, a bunch of different like uh, pamphlets and and like um, materials to discuss like increasing education around certain things like violence against women, personal safety and stuff like that. So it's kind of giving women specifically advice on like how to protect yourself um, doing A, B or C. Um, And I, you know, I think that that is a nice thing to do. I don't know uh, how I don't I've never read them. I probably I should try to order them from Canada. Yeah. Or like Um, watch out for this. This is a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the men reading these are like, oh, feminism's ruining everything. I'm like, this is just telling women not to get killed and not get killed. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is it gives them power, though, if they don't get killed. You know, so and it also contains like specific resources and like places to go if you need this or this, um, because sometimes just knowledge is power. And it is sometimes a matter of I just didn't know that these options were there. I didn't know I could do this. Um, no one's ever told me that. So it's not a bad thing for them to, to have this uh, resource. Um, and like you said, we talked on earlier, a lot of people have distrust in authorities. Uh-huh. So they're not going to contact. With reason to. Yeah, with reason. So there's like it's good to know other numbers. Yeah. So this is a many-pointed issue uh, that I'll be interested in revisiting often. I'll probably always come back and check in and see how it's progressing. Shelly Miscavige, 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 Miscave. There is not a lot of movement in this old beast of a story because Shelly's been missing for many years now. Last seen in by any witness in, uh, that's not inside the church in 2007. Uh, so she might be living in Big Bear. Yeah. So there is speculation that place I've been to. I still need to put my TikTok videos up of uh, when I was there, but uh, I've driven through the area where uh, several times where she is allegedly being held. And there's nowhere to stop. It's a very strange little corner of this mountain. That's what Scientology does. They're like, um, they're very smart when it comes to geography because there's certain places you have to drive through. Your car literally can't stop. Mm-hmm. And you're like right by this cult. It's a cult, mm-hmm. but you can't go in there or yeah. talk to anybody. Yeah. And... According to people who live in the area this year, they have they have these big, long fences that have been there the whole time that have wire on the front. There's cameras everywhere. But now they've added this black like matting to all the fences. So you can't even like glance inside um, on foot. So it's weird. I don't know why they decided to do that this year. But apparently, according to people who live close, they are there's stuff going on inside with construction. So I kind of want to go back and (laughs) look again. I know the center, the Scientology Center kind of by me, I walk by and I see windows open, but there's no music. There's no laughter. There's no speaking. It's like quiet. It's so haunting. Yeah. Oh, the Scientology Center by us in the Valley. Yeah. I know people are there. Not that many. I feel like they're still building buildings and they're not really gaining very many members. Yeah. Not a lot of people are like, I want to be a Scientologist. Yeah. 
because they can't they can't keep their secrets as much now that the internet exists you know it's a lot easier to get people into that shit with uh, limited information I mean they should have nicer outfits really if you want to like have people go join your organization mm-hmm. have some cute fun outfits yeah and like, don't look like a cater waiter yeah like what I said last time in, when we talked about this you got don't tell mama the babysitters dead it make the uniforms cool and funky and then you'll get people to stay so her, her story itself hasn't moved forward, but there are still people fighting for the truth. There are still people, you know, new energy is being thrown at it all the time. Um, and they're holding on to the idea that maybe Shelly is still on this plane and could potentially spend years of her life outside of the church. She would be, I think, 61 or so, 60 right now. You could have plenty of good years left in your life at 60 40 more years at least yeah you could live to be 100 and also now in our, our modern society you could not be super healthy in your 60s 70s 80s like you can live a good life yeah. i'm gonna have a baby when i'm 100 years old I, it might be able to be possible in our lifetime you yeah know? i think a lady did it in the bible did she <laughs> yeah why? I don't know. It was some, something in the Bible. She gave birth to a baby and then God was like, take the baby and then kill him to like pledge your allegiance to me. And then he almost killed the son and then he didn't. And then God was like, psych, I love you. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bible scares me. <laughs> um, So there has been an announcement over the summer, by the way, that Tony Ortega will be releasing a 12 part series podcast on Shelley, which I'm very interested in listening to. Upon a cursory glance, it doesn't seem to be out yet. Um, I've only been able to find articles talking about the announcement of it. It was over the summer when all of these articles were coming out. And so far, it doesn't seem like it has been like released anywhere. Um, but I'm very psyched. Hopefully, there will be more info about that soon. And Tony Ortega, if you recall, was someone who we referenced many times in the, the Shelley series who has been up the ass of Scientology for a long time. He is, he was before the, you know, HBO doc, before any of the stuff, he's been up their butts for many, many years. Good for him. So he, if there's anyone who's a, a Scientology expert, it's it's him. Um, I may try to reach out f- to him for information about the show because I am definitely all aboard the Shelly train. Choo-choo. Uh, I want her to uh, be found. I still think that there's a chance. I think there's also a solid chance that she died and they are covering up that. But she she has sightings. You know, there's there's people in the area who have seen her, they think, um, like at the grocery store with handlers and stuff. Yeah. So I like I'm just gonna wanna sit outside in the grocery store one day and just be like, maybe this is I'll just luck out and this will be the day when they show up. Yeah. Maybe she's used to it by now. And she's like, oh, I guess I'm used to having people around me just monitoring every move I make. Oh, yeah. I mean, I imagine because like when we talked about in the series, she got into this as like, I think, seven year old. And so she was put on a ship as a tween, believing that this is the guy who is going to fix the universe and all this stuff. And yeah. so she has been locked into this and she married uh, David very young too. So <laughs> she's been in this for her entire life. And going against this, it isn't just like, Oh, if I go against it, I might, I make it hurt. It's like my soul. Yeah. It's the untouchable unknown. Right. Yeah. She's never had an adult life outside of this world. God, just go get some ice cream and have an orgasm. I you really, know I, mean? I want her to so bad. Um, We'll go on like a shopping spree where we do a montage where she tries outfits on. Yeah. And I'm like, you look good in that jacket. Get that mini skirt, yeah. you know. So 
we're gonna we're gonna hope i hope that amber you and i get to do that with her someday mm-hmm. and lastly somehow i missed this um ron miscavige miscavige i refuse to remember how to pronounce it <laughs> um the father of scientology leader david and father-in-law to shelly the one he wrote one of the tell-alls after he escaped we talked a lot about him he died over the summer oh natural causes ish I, he was 85 but he had a bunch of health issues so it wasn't just peacefully in his sleep I don't think I think he was like struggling with cancer or something oh. um, but I don't know how I missed that somehow I missed the news that he passed away um, I had mixed very mixed feelings complicated feelings about the guy but I'm glad that he wrote the book to at least give us an insight into how his son became the leader of the church and oh yeah his son just loved he was one of those like I'm telling on everybody he's a snitch yeah oh like, yeah love following the rules yeah he was the one everybody hates but then that person becomes your boss Ugh. I just yeah and then like you you retaliate against that kind of person and then you get in trouble because they're such a rule follower right and they also get everybody brainwashed into thinking that they're always right. So then you're the bad guy if you try to say anything. I know. Once yeah. again, I'm being carted off in a straitjacket. Just like, I'm right and they're wrong. Well, I mean, for sure. But like, it's really like that there. Like her, his father had to escape a compound Wow. to get out of the church. He had to run like he had to do a crazy escape plan to get out. That's like an action movie. Like, can you imagine having your dad somewhere, your mother somewhere, and she has to like run away to get away from you? My God. I mean, I'll shit on like, I've shit on Southern Baptist because that's how I was raised. I'm not really that anymore. But like, you don't have to like escape like that. You can just leave. Yeah. You know, right. I don't have to like hide in a trunk. Right. For sure. And that is, that is a major difference between mainstream religions and cults is whenever you can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always say worship whatever God you want, but like have it transparent of yeah. what you're worshiping. Like, let me know the whole gist. Yeah. And then if people want to leave, they can leave. Right. That's that's it. That's all I ask for. Right. And that's all anybody really should ask for. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the that's the rewind on that's our series We're or our season, I should say. We've covered a lot. Um, we have, and we have one, our last series for season one will be next and we'll take a brief hiatus and then we'll be back early in 2022. It's coming up fast, man. It's almost 2022 right now. Time moves fast. I mean, five years ago was Lemonade and Ashley Judd killed the man in that movie in the nineties. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Um, but it might as well have been the same time as Lemonade. Remember? Oh, man. I loved psychological horror 90s movies so much. I wish we could bring that back. Oh, like um, Morgan Freeman's always in it. Like Kiss the Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> Kiss the Girls. And then there's like beneath something, ben- something under the surface. People Under the Stairs? Well, People Under the Stairs is great. It's a That's horror movie. Classic. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking wonderful horror movie. Um, yeah, there's just a bunch of those. Like, but yes, Kiss the Girls is a good one. Uh, let's bring that genre back, please. Um, and yeah, that's it for us today. You can follow me at The Naughty Jean and the show at Someplace Underneath. Amber Smelson, all across the board. Have a good week. Uh, be safe. Don't get in anybody's stranger's cars. Don't hitchhike. Don't do it, please. And uh, we are Amber and Natalie Saucy per Angreasy, as always. Peace. Hey, what?